Hello, it is Thursday, August 20th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is new edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. The first topic for today will be Dominic Reyes and what he had to say about John Jones vacating the light heavyweight title to move up to heavyweight. Um, Reyes spoke to Ariel Hawani of ESPN on the subject, and this is what Reyes had to say. It was a little bit, a little bit shocking, but then at the same time, not because if you look, I, I try to look at things from other people's perspectives and you know what they've been through and what leads to whatever decision they make. And if you look at it, John, you know, I think truly in his heart, he felt like you know he won that fight unanimously, and uh, he has nothing else to prove in the division, either that or he's like. Hey man, I could really lose my belt to this guy. So let's avoid that and uh, we'll just vacate and go up to heavyweight and we'll make a run at the title. So that was actually my next question. Do you believe that him vacating the title and moving up to heavyweight now, because of course it had been rumored and he had talked about it for quite some time. Do you believe it has anything or everything to do with you? Yes. Yes and no. I'm going to say yes, because I, I do believe that. And no, because he's going to say no. <laughs> but you but think that he, he just doesn't want to rematch you? I think his ego won't let him admit that, that I'm the reason. Um, he, I know he doesn't want to rematch me. I mean, it's obvious he vacated the belt. Like, you don't give up something you're proud of. You know what I mean? Like, I win the belt. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, I'm going to give it up. Like, I'm going to go up to heavyweight. Like, no, man, you, you, you earned that. Like. Why, why would you just give it up unless you feel like you didn't earn it? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. I think John Jones is moving up to heavyweight. One, for more money. And two, for more challenges. I don't think... I don't know. The idea that someone runs away from someone else in it, when it comes to cage fighting, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. Especially if it's someone they've already beat. You're already getting in a cage to fight another person. I, I don't think you have fear of anyone in that in that case i just don't i don't buy the idea of fear or running away from someone especially when you're running quote unquote running to fight bigger and more powerful fighters so the idea that john jones is going to run from dominic reyes and into possibly francis ngannou strikes me as comical that's not that's not where i'm if I, if it's me that's not how i'm if i'm f- afraid of dominic reyes i'm not going to fight francis Ngannou. that's for damn sure so yeah the idea that um that jones is is running from anyone is silly to me i just think that jones is I think he's become too comfortable, maybe. 
especially in his last few fights, he's just not been the same John Jones. It was in the early in his career, he would go out and fight to his opponent's strength to prove a point, to prove that he was better. Not only was he going to beat you, he was going to beat you at your game to show you and to show everyone you think you're you think you got this figured out now nah, you're you're one level at least one level below me he had a chip on his shoulder and he had something to prove now i don't remember exactly when that changed but he's become more more of a point fighter i think than a than someone who wants to finish and i kind of i can understand that especially if you're the longtime champion and there's, you know, if you lose, your pay goes down. A lot of things disappear if you lose the belt. So, uh, you, you maybe you fight a little safer. We saw it in, in, in George St. Pierre, too. He, but, but I, it's understandable because one slip up and you lose so much. So now I think that if Jones has no belt, maybe he, gets re-motivated, reinvigorated, especially if there's something on the line now. He is technically, I mean, yes, he has a loss on his record of Matt Hamill, but everybody's going to kind of gloss over that. And so he still has the reputation as the greatest MMA fighter of all time. So. I think he will want to prove that as a heavyweight. Now, if you win at light heavyweight and you win at heavyweight and you have no losses in there, that's hard to argue that he's not the greatest. But to like I, the subject of this was running. John Jones is not running away from anyone. Not now. Not ever, I don't think. So I like that Reyes believes that because that shows confidence. But I don't know if anyone other than Reyes actually deep in their heart believes that John Jones is running from Dominic Reyes. While I like Dominic Reyes's confidence, I'm not so sure how I feel about Sean O'Malley's confidence and how he is taking the loss to Marlon Vera. He seems to be, well, he doesn't seem to be. He is giving Vera zero credit for for the stoppage victory. And while I can maybe understand that, I don't know if I can 100% understand it. It, it, it. It's kind of rubbing me the wrong way. And um, here's the clip from O'Malley's podcast where he, where he talks about the loss. And give it a listen, and I'll comment on it. See, what, see what, how you feel about what he has to say and how he, has, how he says it. God, well, even in the back, warming up, everything was just perfect. Yeah, it really I'm was. Like, I'm in good. Sh- I'm in fucking good shape. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm breaking this motherfucker 100 percent in my mind. Mm-hmm. 
get back there doing our warm-up. Everything's going perfect. About five minutes before they said, all right, we're going to walk. I'm like, hey, Brandon, do you think you could fucking loosen up my ankle brace? It's, like, fucking tight. So he's sitting in the back loosening up my ankle braces because they were so tight. And that's about walked out. Everything felt good. Got in there, was in front of him. I'm like, this is a, this felt in my mind. I'm like, this is easy. He's slow. He can't hit me. Once he swung at you and that little flurry went through your mind, like, fuck. I'm like, dude, he's slow. Uh-huh. He's, he can't hit me. If you can't hit me, you can't take me down. I didn't think he was going to be able to get me down because he was so slow. Um, and I remember the pain that I had in the top of my foot, the Liz Frank surgery, had the same pain but in my all around my ankle. Mm-hmm. And I remember dragging my foot up against the cage like, fuck. Even still, didn't feel in danger. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I can't. I'm not very mobile, but I'm not. I don't feel in danger. I don't feel like he he's a threat. I was hoping he'd shoot in on me so I could try to guillotine him. But mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, fucking cracked him with a good shot. And then that last little flurry I had, I don't think he hit me. Well, I don't think he punched me once on my feet, even mm-hmm. after my foot was fucked up. I don't think he hit me. Well, I heard you complain about that that ankle wrap a little bit too. And then even right after the fight, you're like, my foot felt like it was asleep in the fight. Yeah, I mean, felt part, like he was asleep. The thing is, is like you, we picked the date, we picked the time, and we both walked out, and then doesn't matter what the fuck happens. Whoever wins, however they win, yeah. wins. Yeah. So he de- he he won. It feels like it sucks for me because I'm like, God, I lost to someone who I look at is not very good. Mm-hmm. I look at him and I'm like, he's not that good, and I fucking lost to him. Um, that's what's the most frustrating thing, probably, is just losing to someone I'm better than. And that humble post was a fucking joke. So everyone commenting stupid shit. I'm not humble. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about fighting. You've been around it long enough that it's always, it's not always the better guy wins. Because fighting. But that's fuck- also why I love fighting so much. Yeah, is it? Because it's not always the better guy wins. It's whatever the fuck happens. Yeah. But I was like, God, I did everything right. I can't take, I can't look back on that and be like, ah, oh, well, I could have done that better. I did everything right. There was nothing I did wrong. Mm-hmm. The sparring, the training, the re- the fucking eating, the sleeping, everything I did was fucking right. But also what makes me feel better, it's like, okay, let's look at his career in five years. Let's look at mine. I'm going to be fucking world champ and he's going to be a fucking journeyman. Mm-hmm. That's just what his style is. He wins some, he loses some. Mm-hmm. He's slow, but he's gritty. So he's mm-hmm. going to be able to finish some people after they beat him up for a while dude i'm like the way his pace was super slow like that and i was exploding into shots i wasn't gonna get tired and i was just gonna beat his ass i don't know if i was gonna get a finish in that first round he was tough and and patient he was super patient. he was patient which was fine because that it's easier for me he wasn't doing anything he was standing there mm-hmm. fucking sucks that that's the annoying thing but i that's the thing i don't like about fighting that much it's not like you can do everything right and not win but Dude, I knock out Eddie Wineland. I peace. That was easy. Mm-hmm. He gets lucky and beats me and jumps up like he's fucking won the lottery. Yeah. That just showed me what kind of a bitch he was. Yeah. There are a lot of twists and turns in this in this brief interview here, brief section of O'Malley talking about the loss. The first thing that strikes me is the ankle wrap thing. That seems weird. Um what alarms me about this is there's kind of a feeling that if he 
would have left his ankle wraps as tight as they had been, that he wouldn't have had this problem. But the big, big picture problem with that is there are some athletic commissions that do not allow ankle wraps. So what is he going to do if he has to fight in, in one of those locations? Is he going to be able to compete? Is he going to request only fights where a commission will allow ankle wraps? And if that's the case, and and it and the UFC accommodates that, that's a that's a big issue because then that kind of leans towards favoritism, which we come on, we know what happens, but it it should be a red flag. Especially if it's noticeable favoritism. Um, the next thing is the pain in his ankle. If the pain is there all the time now, that that's that's another issue. And if that's going to be a long-term problem, and if the the mobility's cut down. That could really affect uh, O'Malley's future prospects, especially as he works his way up the rankings. So now everybody knows he has a problem in that foot. He had the problem in in his earlier fight, and now he has a problem against Vera. So I'm not going to be surprised if we see um, some some old school foot stomps going on uh, in O'Malley's future fights, especially if someone can force him up against the cage and, and hold him there. It's going to be interesting to see it, what happens then because it's not like it's a secret that he has big issues with his foot. So what I'm taking away in, in, from here is the interview is that in some ways he's... Um, accepting of the loss, but in more ways he's not. Because he says, in the one part where, you know, more or less says whoever wins, wins, whoever loses, loses, and you just have to accept it, and that's fighting. And that's true. But then he goes and just shits all over Vera, saying that he's better than him, and and that he's going to be a journeyman, and he's going to be a champion. And that's, you know, that's not the way to handle a loss. As as pompous as Conor McGregor could be, he was always pretty gracious in defeat, at least right after the fight. When, um, you know, when he's on Twitter months, months after the fight, maybe that thing's, maybe things change. But at least after the fight, he acknowledges, you know, that his... His opponent got the best of him, and then I think that's something that is appreciated by fans. And I don't know how fans are going to react to O'Malley here. I'm going to think pretty negatively. And I don't know if that hurts his future prospects. I mean, there's there's going to be the O'Malley fans that are that, just like McGregor has his fans... I think you, there's far fewer for O'Malley right now 
especially since he lost and this was his first real big test. Um, so I think big picture, this could, this could hurt his, his, um, his hype and his ability to not only keep fans, but get fans because no one likes someone who loses and then is not really accepting of it and makes excuses and gives their opponent, you know, no, no props. And to, to shit on Vera seems ridiculous to me. Um, he was on a five-fight winning streak before he lost to Song Yudong, and the feeling is that he didn't really lose that fight. So there's that. Um, and also the fact that he's been with the UFC since 2015. And, and working his way up. O'Malley is still relatively new here. He has one, two, three, five fights since 2017. And, and he's still working his way up too. But he lost to Vera and he has not fought anyone ranked in the top 15 yet. So to to shit on, on Vera and say he's going to be a journeyman while you're going to be a champion and you haven't beat any ranked fighter yet. You fought... You beat Eddie Wyland, who's a good fighter, but I don't think anyone would say that at Wyland's at the top of his career right now. He's been doing it for, for a long, long time. He's still competitive, but he's not the uh, Eddie Wyland of old. And now the loss to Vera. And another thing that bothered me was the the getting down on on Vera's um, style. Of course, his pace was slow. His pace was slow to force O'Malley to slow his pace. He was. I don't think he was standing, just standing in front of him. He was watching O'Malley, and figuring out timing to have uh, to attack recklessly is just dumb so O'Malley has his movements and feints and you could see Vera was biting on those movements and feints, feints early but then around the middle of the round maybe a little later in the middle of the round he stopped he stopped biting on those feints and that was when there was a change, and I don't think O'Malley. No, I don't think O'Malley realizes that, or I don't think O'Malley will accept that. And that's something that his coaches have to work on. I don't think he did everything perfectly in this fight. He he looked good, but if he did everything perfectly, would he have lost? That's the thing. If there's a reason he lost, was it his ankle? Maybe. Did Vera hurt that ankle? He's, Vera seems to think so. I don't think O'Malley's going to agree with that. So there was something that went wrong somewhere. And to just say everything was perfect, that's not, that's not true. There's, there's always something wrong. 
and it's up to his coach to figure that out and then to go back and get to that point, not just agree with him. And that's I think that's what's happening here. So I think Vera's kind of in the same kind of, I'm sorry, but I think O'Malley's kind of in the same kind of situation that um, Edmund Shabazian's in. In that if you're, if you lose again, maybe it's time to start thinking about looking at a different camp or at least mixing things up. So I'm going to write some of this off for O'Malley as youth, some of it as hubris, some of it as showmanship, but it still leaves a bad taste in my mouth about how he's handling this, and so we'll see where he goes from here. I do believe that he should face um, someone in the bottom of the top 15 in his next fight. Because he's, I think he's ready for that, and we'll see what happens. And I think that that someone should be more experienced than him too. Um, and I think that'll give us a good look at where he really stands. Uh, um, so now that he has a loss on his record, I think he take the kid gloves off a little bit. And if he loses again, may then well then you move him back a couple steps. But you got to test him. You have to test him fully now. He's he's he has the attitude of, that he's going to be the champion. Well, you you need to move him up and have him face top fifteen opponents. And if he wins, he wins. If he loses, let's see how he handles that loss. Let's see how he comes back from that loss. And if he loses three in a row, well, then you got some issues on your hands. I think some people misunderstood or willfully misunderstood what I tweeted about as far as low-priced low talent replacing high-priced talent in the UFC with all these signings from the Dana White Contender Series. I'm not saying that veteran fighters on losing streaks shouldn't be released. That's business. I understand that. But what I was saying is the UFC has seen its ratings maybe improve, maybe stay the same while they have put on watered-down cards. And if you deny that the cards since the pandemic, since it came back, the UFC came back after the pandemic first began, aren't watered down, you need to take a good look at yourself because you're, you're lying to yourself. They're watered down. And if the reason for that is fighters not fighting because they don't want to travel, they don't want to put themselves at risk, or if they, they don't have proper facilities to train, or they just can't train, well, that's no reason to, to cut the, those fighters. And that's my concern. Because Dana White has said, if you don't want to fight during the pandemic, you don't have to. Now, if he goes back on that, 
and you see someone who didn't want to fight because of concerns of the pandemic, who is also on a losing skid and also getting paid a decent amount get cut, well, that's not just business. That's saying, you didn't want to fight, and I'm going to take your roster spot and replace it with someone that's getting 12 and 12 and moving up in the pay scale slower than you are because they want to fight and they want to fight multiple times in in a short period of time that's my fear and that's why I'm that's why I said what I said it's not because I don't think these people should be released we're not in a quote unquote normal stage and so if the UFC is going to quote unquote punish someone for trying to stay healthy that's the wrong message to send but that's the message that I'm picking up on because he's praised these contender series guys for wanting to fight right away and so there's a message there. The message is, even if you're not up to UFC standards yet, a willingness to fight multiple times in a short amount of time is something that will be looked upon favorably. And I think you're going to see more contender series guys expressing that sentiment now. Because that's what White said he wants. So that's what they're going to do. And if someone is not fighting because they want to stay healthy, well, then they might find themselves on the outside looking in. And I don't like that one bit. And I, don't, I think that's shady business. Especially after White said multiple times, if you don't want to fight during the pandemic, you don't have to. So it's, that's... that's why I was irritated by this and and the fact that we all know that with the ratings being what they are and holding pretty steady the UFC can now say all right we can keep these cards watered down because we know what our ratings are going to be as long as we give them one good fight maybe one good fight at the top of the prelims maybe one good fight at the top of the card if we give them that we'll lock them in and the ratings will be what we what we want them to be. And then when you get a pay review, you give a handful more uh, good fights on the pay review card, but you don't go crazy. So I think that's where we're at. And I'm very nervous about who is going to get cut when these roster cuts do come, and they're going to come because White has said as much. So keep an eye on who gets cut if they have been fighting or not. And if they express that they were not fighting for uh, health reasons. And on that note, I'm going to wrap it up. And I'll be back probably Sunday night. Stay safe. <laughs>